Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimony of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here again with my good friend Stephen Cervantes. How are you today? Yes, blessed and glad to be here, continuing the story from last time. Yeah, well, and actually we finally get to see a little bit of sun. Man, over the last end of August and then kind of into the summer and going into fall, man, it was... It was so rainy and floody, flood-like around here. It was we didn't see the sun for seemingly you know a couple of weeks, and I know our friends in the Pacific Northwest. You're like, hey, get over it, you know. <laughs> but uh, we're we're sun people down here, right? So we're used to the sun uh, down here in Texas. But uh, we are glad you're with us. Um, I wanted to mention uh, our our wives' care ministry. You know, last week's episode, and then this one, we are kind of really having a conversation really for wives who have faced betrayal. And um, we have a thriving and growing wives care ministry to those wives who are just struggling with, hey, what are some of my next steps? How do I, how do I even have a sense of hope? Or where, where do I go for healing? And, and what can I do next that's going to help me, you know, regardless of what my husband does? And so we want to let you know about uh, how to connect with our wives care ministry. There's resources, there's online care groups, uh, there's even uh, our wives care coordinator actually even does uh, uh, life coaching for women to go through this process of healing. So if you go to wivescare.com, you can learn more about the Wives Care Ministry and the resources that are available. So Stephen, last time we, we left off where we had kind of unpacked this, this prayer, and we've kind of dubbed this the idea of there's a heavenly assignment, you know, that, that's, that a wife has been given that she didn't ask for. She right. didn't ask for this this weight of betrayal. She didn't ask for this. She didn't she didn't do anything that on her own that was the reason for the pain that she's carrying right now. And last time we we kind of unpacked a prayer of how do you surrender that before God? How do you kind of get prepared for whatever the mission is that he has for you? Recognizing that really even though this isn't something that you asked for, this can be a season of growth and transformation in your own life. Yes. And so this time, I think we're going to dive into, you know, what is the challenge? Like, how do you, or, or why this challenge? And how do we begin to um, navigate this maybe well through maybe some key principles? So let me back up also, because I was saying last time to Jonathan off air, actually, that we have to do some programs on betrayal 
and the trauma of betrayal that wives experience. I was also telling him that I learned about a family member as breast cancer and the shock and the difficulty and and just difficult things. So this isn't specific to betrayal of wives. It is specific to a big, difficult life event. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you're tuning in for the first time, that's a little bit of background. There's a previous program you may want to go listen to that sets the stage. But uh, in the last program, we got past the why question. And so now we launch into what have I learned so far? When, when I am given a big, difficult, heavenly assignment that I particularly didn't want, that surprised me, that shocked me, it came out of nowhere, and now this thing happens to me um, because I've been through a few and you've been through a few, mm-hmm. um, we're putting together some principles here that are universal. And that's what I love about God is He's pretty consistent, mm-hmm. you know, and he's knowable. And he's not chaotic and disorderly or leaving us in an unknown place, not knowing. And his principles for life are timeless. Yes. They're not cultural. You know, they, they're they cross-cultural. And so these are kind of the things that are outlined here. Yes. Thank you for that. So, so number one, God wants a deeper dialogue with me. Mm. Why am I put in situations where I face difficulties? Because God wants a deeper dialogue. You know how we are we get into these ruts and routines. We can live a routine life, things settle in around us, and then these routines just carry us forward one day after another. And then God allows an event to shake us up. He wants to talk to us at a deeper level. So this shake-up forces us to ask deeper, richer questions. It makes a person focus and speak differently to God. Because you said this before, when all is good and we're humming along and and we're so blessed, um, that's a great thing. But but it's but we're not here to be put on one path and to do the same thing for the rest of our life and fall over, mm-hmm. right? And so as you grow older, your questions get better. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah, when you're a kid, you're asking simple questions. In high school, you're not asking questions. You have the answers in high yeah. school. <laughs> and then you get out in the real world, you start asking questions, right? So as you get older, you have deeper questions, and so material is presented for you to press in deeper. Well, it makes me—there's a couple of things that I think about this, especially the idea about God allowing an event to shake us up. Mm. And actually, the first thing that popped into my head was when, when Jesus gave the assignment, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the Mm. uttermost parts of the world, right? Well, that first church was kind of getting comfy there in Jerusalem. And guess what? All of a sudden, the axe comes down of persecution, Mm. and they all scatter. So it's like, we could look at that and say, oh my goodness, isn't it terrible that all of these people started getting persecuted and dragged off and killed and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, 
Well, God said what his mission was, which is you're going to be my witnesses all across mm. the earth, right? Well, it's almost like he gave that mission, and in some ways it's as if God said, you know, if you're not going to do it, if you're not going to actually instigate that will willingly, I'll kind of shake things up to where <laughs> it'll have to happen. And then I translate that a little bit into let's talk about a marriage, mm. right? And we get into ruts and routines. Sometimes we can even get into ruts and routines of things that in and of themselves are not sinful or unhealthy. But then I think we can also get into ruts and routines in which we are creating division in our relationship because a guy goes off and gets into pornography, a woman goes off and gets into something else. And mm. and, and I think what God does then is he brings about an exposure of that to the light, right? Because he actually said, the two shall become one. And so the things that are competing against that oneness, I think God mm. will leave, even the painful aspects of betrayal, the painful aspects of sin, bringing that to light is part of maybe that shakeup that God is saying, I want to bring you into a deeper connection with me that is yes. going to have a direct effect on those relationships. Right, in a case with a woman whose husband's unfaithful, right? Mm -hmm. She's going to cry out, and she's going to press in, and she's going to... There's going to be a different level in. of intensity in that yes. pursuit of God, right? Yes, and so I wrote, God and me in dialogue, point number one. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you could call it prayer. I think dialogue with God is prayer. Right. And he and I, and I'm looking for you. I'm looking for your comfort, your wisdom, your insight. So, so number one, you and me in a deeper dialogue when a big, difficult, heavenly assignment happens. Number two, God wants me to look deeper inside myself. A shocking event makes one look deeper inside him or herself. What I'm still, what am I still carrying around? even from the days of my youth? Isn't that a great question? Mm. What am I still carrying, even from long ago? Old beliefs, I'm, I'm growing up and I'm carrying some childhood beliefs, some immature beliefs. Um, what does he want me to review? Maybe to release some old stuff, to look at some old, simple beliefs. He wants me to have deeper, more true beliefs about him and faith. And then it's like as you look inside, do you have anger inside you? Are you bitter about something? Is there small thinking going on? Are you stuck somewhere on the journey? Have you judged anyone? Have you condemned anyone? Dismissed anyone? Cut off a relationship with anyone? Do I have any kind of unforgiveness deep inside of me? God wants you to look inside yourself. What small thinking am I still carrying? I'm on a journey with the big God. He's growing me. Mm. What small thinking am I still carrying around? Now, <clears throat> I think it's important to be honest about this one. Um, this is hard, right? Yeah. Because especially if you're, you know, it's one thing to carry a, uh, be in a season where you're carrying something big that's happening that doesn't necessarily have a betrayal component, like, for instance, uh, a disease, an illness. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's a big thing to carry, and 
and maybe this idea of God wanting me to look deeper inside myself in terms of dealing with selfishness or whatever, that might be a little bit easier to do in the sense that, hey, this wasn't a sin issue that I'm carrying, somebody else's sin issue that I'm carrying. But I think it gets a little more difficult when there's been a personal betrayal, like like a spouse that's been unfaithful. Then it's like, no, no, I'm not going to look inside me. <laughs> it's his problem. You know, he's he's the one. You know, And so sometimes yes. I think when it's a betrayal issue, it's easy to completely avoid looking inside and going, are there growth things that need to happen inside me? Yes. Is there maturing that needs to happen inside me? Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that when we take that time to look inside ourselves that we're going to find things that say, I am now responsible for what this other person did to me. That's not no, what this is about. Right. But this is saying God God's wanting to reveal some things in me that need work. Regardless of how the circumstance works out, you know, regardless of, about how the relationship works out, there are still things God wants me to look at, right, inside myself. Yes. And in you know, do I do I love my husband too much? Right, and he fell over, and what's still there? My God is still there, mm-hmm. right? And what's humanity, and and what's eternal, right? Flesh breaks down, falls over, quits, gives up, leaves, right? And so now you have to look deep inside yourself and say, am I really anchored in the right places? Now, I love these next two, and I want you to kind of put them together. Can you state them together? Because I really think that they're a one-two punch kind of a thing. Okay. And then go through each one. I'll read it, yeah. and then you punch it out however you want. Number three, God is relational first, and God and God is a healer second. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take the first one. God is relational first. Right? Just think about this oneness idea. And he want, he made us for himself. Think about the relational ideas all through the Bible of community and union and oneness. And, and he wants us to enter into his presence, you know. He made a place to abide with us. So God is relational. He wants a deeper relationship with me. He wants to be more. He wants me to be more in his presence. He wants daily, regular conversations with me. He wants to be closer to me. He wants to comfort me. He wants me to rest with him. He wants my relationship with him to be more and to be real. Mm -hmm. God wants a relationship. And you sort of hear that. Some Christians get this, you know, a personal relationship with God. And others are going through the motions mm-hmm. and don't quite get this idea of a well, relationship. And, and, you know, God God actually m- models this for us in himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That, yes. Uh, and that, to me, is the dynamic that makes it amazing that he draws us into relationship with him because we are unnecessary to him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need us, Right. Because yes. he is he is fully relational within himself, mm-hmm. but I think because he is love, he he couldn't not create us for himself, and so I think just out of his being just oozes relationship, and so the idea is he 
the the season of going through difficulty, the season is is I think more about deepening the relationship with him than it is about any kind of quote unquote good outcome or any kind of change in circumstance. It's more about man, he really does love me. He wants me to enjoy his presence. He wants to be connected to me. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, the more important, if I could put it this way, uh, outcome that God wants through these seasons of difficulties than any kind of goodness we could perceive. In other words, what if the marriage doesn't get better? What if the the healing doesn't happen in your body? What if, you know, all these things that that... We have no control to change anyway, but there is something that we can be uh, part of that goes much deeper, and that is connecting more deeply with God, having more of a, an intimate relationship. Yes. And that's why it's important, I think, to get these two in the right order, that God is relational first, and he's a healer second. Because I think sometimes we're looking for the healing first, right? We're looking for the the, the desired outcome. I want my marriage to be whole. I want my body to be well. Right. Um, and those things are not always promised, right? Right. And so, you know, as you get older, you realize the importance of relationship with God. Because in the beginning, those kids really needed you. And have you noticed as they get older, they need you less and <laughs> That's less. right. And, and so they're going to go on. They're always going to come back but they're going to go on, right? And it's it started with just you, then it was you and a wife, then it was you and child one, then you and... And, and those things come, and then they sort of pass as we age. Mm-hmm. And, and as you get older, you see folks that are more alone. I think, man, if you have a great relationship with God, that's when it's critical. Absolutely, So yes. that all of these assignments are training us to be great eternal spiritual beings and to be transformed to look like Christ. So God is a healer is number four, but he's a healer second. Uh, God is in the transformational business, and he wants to grow you into the image of Christ. Although a miraculous response would be nice, not everyone gets cured. And I'm thinking about Christ and all the crowd. If he was just in the curing business, why did he ever leave? When they kept coming, he should have parked there and healed them all. But that that was secondary. He was giving them a vision, right? Mm-hmm. And so not everyone gets a miracle, not some mind-blowing experience. Uh, whatever his decision to heal or not heal, we respond with acceptance. We accept his ways. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's lots of prayers of healing that I've prayed that haven't been answered. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I say he's a healer second. He knows what's best. He knows when it's time for a miracle. Um, not me. I can ask, but he's not, not like a dog on a chain. I can jerk him here and right. run him over there and take care of this and make him do that. Yeah. But we. But that's where we must recognize, like Paul did, when Christ said, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm. Even if I don't remove the thing that is the burden, yes. even if I choose not to do that, um, you will find that my grace is sufficient. So number five, an awakening event focuses us to ask these questions. What do I value? 
What do I love? What do I stand for? What is precious to me? What do I treasure? Do I treasure the things of God? The Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart also is also. Is your heart right? Do I love well? Do I forgive well? Do I flow out love well? Mm. It forces you to ask questions. Well, and you know, you mentioned earlier about how uh, God will allow these events to shake us up, right? And I think one of the things that it shakes is our priorities, mm. right? Because you know, you yes. talked very at the very beginning of this. Uh, episode, you talked about the idea that we get into these routines, right? We kind of get into these ruts. And if you think about it, uh, a rut is just a solidified set of priorities, right? I mean, we're going to, we, we yes. a rut is I've, I've established val- a value system and this is kind of the direction I'm going to go. I think God allows some of the shakeups to happen to say, hey, let's take a look at those values again. Let's take a look at your priorities. What are you placing first? You can, and I've, I've noticed this in my life. I don't know if you've ever had these experiences in seasons of your life where I have noticed that some of the things that are coming out of my mouth that I say are value are not being backed up by what I'm actually doing in my life. Yes. So I might find myself in a season where I say, God is first in my life. <laughs> and then I actually look at what I'm doing and I'm going, Mm, actually, there's some other things that I'm actually putting first. You know what I mean? But so he's I, close. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think these these shakeups do allow us to go. Okay, what is what is really important, and mm. and what am I doing about it? So we're talking about when you're given a big, difficult, heavenly assignment. What's the point of this assignment? And we're on point number six. An awakening event reminds me I am flesh. Mm-hmm. There is a God. He's in charge. I'm not the God. And time is passing. My body is changing and aging. I have some power, but it's small. I have talents and ability, but that's of little help during an awakening moment. I'm small. God is big. I have, a, I have little power. He has healing power. Um, I have to take an honest look at myself. This is just one little life compared to this big life story that God's a part of. In my, I must ask myself, is my vision big enough? Mm-hmm. This time is passing. So I grew, I grew up, my college years were kind of in the, uh, actually, yeah, my high school college years were kind of in the era of Rich Mullins. He was a contemporary oh, Christian yeah. artist, a musician. And I loved him. He was a great songwriter and storyteller, but probably my all-time favorite song by him was titled, We Aren't As Strong As We Think We Are. Mm. And it's, I mean, it's it's just riddled with all of these instances where it talks about, you know, God with a word, you know, spoke the heavens and earth into creation, and yet just one little lie separated me from him. You know, just things like that about the oh. idea that I think I'm so strong. I think I can. And it's like all it took was one little lie just to separate me from my creator. You know, we're not as strong as we mm. think we are. And I think, you know, while certainly an event that can occur in your life that is one of these kind of difficult heavenly assignments, I think it can, I think it's very easy 
to be reminded that we're weak and that we're flesh. But I think the response to that is important. Because certainly, I mean, thinking about a betrayed wife, oh my goodness, the crushing nature that that has on a heart and on a body and on a mind, it's very easy to for her to say, I'm weak, I know I'm flesh. But how to respond to that is really important because you can almost drown in it mm. to where you go, I'm weak, I'm, I'm broken, and therefore I will despair. I think what you're saying here, though, is to recognize that I'm being made aware of my weakness so that I can actually remember that there is a God who is strong. Mm-hmm. There is a God who is just, and guess what? Justice will prevail. Mm. may not feel like it in this very moment, but justice will prevail. There's hope for justice. I have a God who is big enough to love me. I've got a God who's bigger than all my circumstances. You know, so it's it's the response to that. We, it's easy to see that we're weak when, we're, when we've been crushed. Right. It's another thing to then in that same breath go, but my God is able, my God is strong, my God is, is big. Mm. And then good. finally, what's our last? Yeah, number seven, there's an end to this journey. Yeah, amen. He wants me to be forced to see the end of my life. When these big things happen, we have to see where are we in life and what's left. And there's an end. He wants me to be aware that life is passing. God wants me to be awake, to be engaging every single day to be alive. Mm -hmm. And I think it is important. You know, I've been, while it does not compare at all to the betrayal by a spouse, I feel like I've been in some seasons recently where I've just got, they're just more heavier things than I've ever had to Mm. carry before in my life. And uh, it's funny, I was just, I was talking with my pastor recently, he and I were meeting one-on-one, and I said, you know, there's this odd there's this odd way that I am gaining hope during the season of my life. And he's like, what's, what, what's that? I said, I have been reminding myself that one day I will die. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yes, that is an odd way to think. But it's exactly what we're talking about yes. here. Not, not saying I want to die right now, but the idea of life is temporary in this form, mm-hmm. in this physical life that we are living right now. Yes. It is actually short and it is temporary. And if we can begin to break our lives down into seasons and realize that no matter how difficult the season is right now, there is a time when that season will be over, either yes. at the end of our lives or probably even before that. There's a season in which there will be light that comes in and there will be new breath and new mm. hope. And if you can break life down into seasons, I think it gets more manageable. Yes, that's good. So if you find yourself in one of these hard places, uh, we hope some of these thoughts will have encouraged you. Um, our hearts are with you. We too are journey mates um, dealing with difficult situations. Uh, we don't minimize that. We mm-hmm. know it's painful and difficult and lonely at times. But we invite you to stand in the presence of the Father and just cry out, Abba, Father, I'm yours. Mm -hmm. I'm yours. Bless me. Just be with me. You're a relational God. If you're with me, today's okay. 
and and we are here to walk alongside uh, you in the in these seasons of difficulty. So if there's anything uh, that we can do to help, please reach out to us. We'd love to walk along with you and help you kind of gain some of the hope that's necessary to keep going. And uh, we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.